1: Where's the manager?
0: Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets.
1: Welcome to episode
2: 53? 55. 55, Fifty-five. Wow. We can
1: drive 55. We've survived. Uh, joining in the studio today is our special guest.
2: John Creasel, what's going on? we well, glad Andy that Brad you're Bernard. here. Bernard. Tommy's here we're all and
1: we're gonna take a quick break and then uh, really excited I've been chasing this guy for about four months to get him yeah. on the show and he finally there's no gave excuse
2: up. not being able to catch a guy with no legs though, <laughs> if you're chasing. so electrons know, are faster those, those prosthetics are pretty good these yeah
0: damn right
1: <laughs> We'll be right back. We are back with Car Selling Secrets from Walser Automotive Group with uh, John Chrysler, a very special guest. For those of you that don't know John's story, I'm going to just go through it quickly. I know that you've told it a million times. He was in the uh, Minnesota National Guard and wounded in Iraq very seriously. uh, And I always get them wrong. I know they're not called IUDs. That's the pregnancy prevention. That would be a hell of a
2: way to lose legs. (laughs) Yeah, that would. (laughs) What were they doing up there? That's that's nice. (laughs) They installed very You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, I-E-D. Right. There,
1: yep. Here we go. Uh, in 05, and he almost died a few times, lost both of his legs, came back, uh, started a career as a motivational speaker, served in the Minnesota uh, House of Representatives for a few years. Tom's going to just drill him for the last segment of the yeah, show get baby. back into politics. But I Governor Greasel. We talked about like uh, you GK. being on the show today, on the morning show, and I got a letter from a listener. He goes... Hey, Doug, I'll I'll have to maybe try and listen to a podcast for the first time in my life today. I was on the same deployment as Sergeant uh, Chrysler, actually, in a different company with his cousin Ricky, who was a squad leader with Alpha Company 2135. Jim was on the tarmac waiting for his fellow desert bulls to deplane upon our return. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy's name is uh, Tom Kessler. Okay. If you know
2: him. Rings the bell for sure. It's Tom Kessler from
0: where? That does sound very familiar, Tom Kessler. He's a,
1: he's a big KQ listener.
0: Oh, okay, maybe and that's. And now gonna...
1: maybe he'll become a podcast listener. This is very because he's never attempted one. to
0: do it before. Well, it's complicated. You there know? are people that over the age of fifty who just they're too intimidated by it. Well, it was yeah.
1: the worst name marketing wise ever, right? Podcast. Yeah, I
3: agree. You don't even make
2: iPods anymore. Yeah, yeah, no. it's
3: because of the iPod. But yeah, it's yeah. And nowadays it would be what phonecast. That might yeah. be worse, or
2: a computer. I mean, yeah, yeah. anything you you ever wanted.
1: Just called it digital radio. Digital yeah. radio,
0: okay.
2: dr, yeah. Digital
0: radio would have been best. Our talking
1: text line is open. It's five six one two two eight four zero six one. I have a million questions for you. All right, but what I'm curious about, you know, the country is super distracted with the riots and black Lives matter and uh, the upcoming election and COVID 19 and murder hornets and all this sort of stuff all <laughs> and we've of kind stuff. of forgotten that we still have troops deployed in the middle east yeah what's going on over there
2: well afghanistan's still a little bit hot iraq basically is just small uh, contingencies <laughs> over there dealing with if isis has a flare-up or yeah. whatever then they could quick respond so i think that's more of a special operations type deal mm-hmm. Uh, they started dialing back Afghanistan maybe last year. Um, the president's goal was to be out of there, but mm-hmm. um, stuff's going. Others outside forces meddling in there, so I, I don't know. That's a God, we're stuck it's there kind of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And do, do you think we ever get out?
2: I mean, eventually we have to, but I mean, I can't even believe it's been. Tw- tw- I was I, listening to the KQ morning show on 9/11 when I used to work at the Ink Factory in Minneapolis there, yeah. and you. Yeah, you would say there was a hole in the size in the World Trade Center tower the size of Minneapolis. But we thought it was a plane crash. A white plane! Little did we know that it was really going to hit the fan, and then, yeah, 20 years later.
1: I I was going to play golf at uh, Mississippi Dunes on a Sunday in the middle of October when they announced that we had bombed Afghanistan. I Mm -hmm. thought, well, we'll be in and out of there pretty quick, which explains why I'm a car salesman and not a military general.
3: (laughs) Well, that's true. It's a good point. Well, I don't think anyone at the time would have guessed 20 years later we'd still be there. No.
1: Well, I don't know. know if you, the Russians were there for a long time, and they couldn't they finally said screw this we're out yeah it's uh but i haven't read much about iraq lately and i know it's just a small force but i think i read something recently that the iraqis don't even want us there anymore is that true or is that not quite the whole story
2: well i I can only speak to to when i was there is they they wanted us there (laughs) but when the when there'd be the insurgency that would get if they were seen cooperating with us or any other coalition forces. Some of the insurgents in our area, they would go, they would kidnap people, they would torture them for about three days, then they'd leave them outside of the village with their hands bound behind their back and beheaded to send a message to the village. That's a did strong not talk. message. <laughs> so then it appeared that. They didn't want us there because they weren't going to look at us. They weren't even going to. They wanted nothing to do with us because it could get them or their family killed. Yeah. So there's some of that at play too, is the fear. And if ISIS wants us gone, and ISIS is taking it out on the local populace, then the local populace just, by definition, they want us gone because of what they're having to deal. I get it. Yeah. That's a bizarre, bizarre deal, bizarre war. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well let's talk about your experience. So this all happened in 05 06. 06. Yep. I'm sorry, excuse me. Oh, that's okay. And years of recovery and then you decided to write a book. Mm-hmm. How did how did that happen? Why did you decide to do that? Cuz it's it's unusual, right? Yeah. I mean there's tons of wounded vets. Yes. And there aren't very many that do what you did.
2: Right. And um, to the level I was wounded it's actually it's it's pretty rare as far as the number of people deployed and the number that lost a limb, number that lost two limbs. So, of course, obviously, like... It's
1: more than you and Tammy Duckworth, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Have you met her again, by the way? I have not, no.
1: It's just curious.
2: She was, I think, maybe a year before me. Um, But, so I gave a speech to raise funds for the Boy Scouts in Stillwater. When I was leaving, there was a gentleman that walked out to my car, and he was like, that should be a book. And I was like, yeah, that... That would be because it is crazy. There are days that I go, Did this really happen to me? Right. Um, And then everything afterwards. So we talked. Uh, I didn't know him, so I had to get to know him first. Now he's become one of my best friends. He's my uh, business manager. He deals with booking all my speeches, all the business side of the book. You can go ahead and plug that if you want. want JohnM.Creasel.com or stillstandingstory.com. The book's available on Amazon, local bookstores. But um, so we worked on it for about two years. So I met him in 2008. I got home from Iraq, or from uh, Walter Reed Medical Center, late 2007, so this was less than a year later, and then uh, we published it originally in 2010. So much happened in my life between 2010 and 2018 that we did a full revamp of the book and re-released it in 2018.
1: I, I think the first time I saw you speak was, and we talked about this this morning on the morning show, it was the... Uh, Minnesota Auto Dealers Association, they used to call it the Christmas Lunch, but that's not PC anymore, so they called it the Holiday Buffet. And they won't have a buffet anymore. (laughs) And I will tell you that Scott Lambert is a good friend of mine. He's the head of GMADA, and he's the guy that books all the speakers. You're the only one that's been any good. Awesome. Well, I appreciate
2: (laughs) that. kind of
0: negative. (laughs) He had
1: Winston Churchill's grandson one year, and he sucked. Really? And then he had, I'm not going to name who it was, but somebody that you guys have heard of before in media
0: did, just did a
1: 45 minute powerpoint presentation on the history of squad cars in the state of Minnesota. Okay. Hmm. And in 1972 what? they changed the color. Oh, Click. great. Yeah. We were ready to kill. So when
0: did Rosen do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> How did you know it was Mark? Marky. <laughs> Marky. <laughs> but John tells his story and 10 minutes later and car salespeople are—they'll have massive egos, huge AD, They don't pay attention to anything. You could have heard a pin drop, and there's people crying. It was really a very moving story. So I'm I appreciate really it. Glad that you're here. But so, how did you make the leap from that into politics?
2: So uh, I live in Cottage Grove, that had been a traditionally DFL stronghold. Yeah. Um, so I was approached in. 2000 late 2009 about running, and so we went and had lunch. I met with a, a state rep that was from the district south of me, and then a um, someone that was an operative higher up in the House Republican. I love that uh, House of Republican operative. Yeah, you know, fantastic. Yes, Ian Marsh is his name. He's now a lobbyist. Um, just a political genius he, he gets the chess game of it mm-hmm. which I, that part intrigued me the most
1: it is interesting actually when you listen to those guys talk and how they think
2: right and so i didn't have a hell of a lot of a uh, uh desire to do it but my my wife at that time was like i think you'd be good at it starter wife yes the starter oh, wife right. was yes <laughs> oh, and so i thought i was like you know what if if i'd be good at it why not i mean it's a crazy thing to do i had was kind of looking for direction, and it, that was going to be a hell of a, a, a way to prove to myself that I had recovered from my injuries by knocking on thousands of doors. So I agreed to do it. Uh, little did I know that I was kind of a, I like guess, suicide bomber at that time because <laughs> they thought I was – they were hoping I was going to use up some DFL resources. Oh, I see.
1: That was just a money suck yes. kind of thing. Mm. So
2: then th- – th- th- because we had a good shot at taking the majority in 2010. Yeah. Well – when the polling started coming out, so there's, they always determine, okay, does this guy have a shot? Then they'll put assets in that district, right. which is the smart way of doing it. Well, then all of a sudden, they sent a, campaign st- they sent a field staffer, then a, I think another one. So then I knew I was well in the mix and then uh, outdoor knocked the opponent, and I won by 400 and I think 52 votes. So I was the first Republican to so ever win in that district. there's 600 people that live in Scottish That's right. Yeah. That's
1: kidding. I dated a gal from there in between marriages, and she grew up there. She called it Hooterville. I don't know if that's still the uh, code nickname. Never
2: or... never heard of it. Anyway. Is it just a lot of gals with big big guns? <laughs> well, nah, I think
1: she thought it was more of a, I, I don't want to say. Never mind. I'm going to get in trouble.
0: <laughs> Look, let me explain. Spenthal's all jacked up because they're going to pass a law. that women don't have to wear shirts anymore. Yeah, in yeah. She's sure. all excited He's going to go hang out at the park in
1: Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> we go to a homeless Can I, camp. you think the guy would sell me your old house?
0: Yeah, because you look at BAB, yeah. You know, they finally, finally cracked down on that beach across my old house. Really? Yeah, they finally. They sent drones and everything. Well, guys were hanging their schwanzas out. I was like, come on, We don't need to
2: see that. No, I got no idea. (laughs) Ladies, you can take your shirt off all you want. Especially if it's like a Lexington Steel type guy that just makes us all feel bad. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Why does that guy have three legs? <laughs> yeah. They call him the
1: human tripod.
2: Ooh, we gotta
0: take a break. We could be right
1: back. Though. All right, we'll be right back with more.
3: LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about
1: your individual outcome potential. We are back with Walzer Automotive Group's car selling secrets special guest, John Kreisel, in studio with us. Tom's got some late breaking news, apparently, from our friends at the Babylon Bee.
0: Babylon Bee, ladies and gentlemen, you need to pay attention to this because you're going to run in trouble if you don't do it. In a move that's being called Unprecedented Tyranny, Walmart is now requiring all shoppers to wear pants in their stores. <laughs> <laughs> and at the very end, the Walmart spokesperson says, just throw on some sweats, some pajama, bo- pajama bottoms, whatever. This is for the health and mental safety of our employees. And for the love of God, take a shower once in a while, you know?
1: It is yeah,
2: a unique place. That is Wait, a unique place, yeah.
3: I've only been in Walmart once in my life. Really? Me too. <clears throat> to buy Cinnamon Pepsi. And you, know, you can finally,
1: you can find virtually any product ever yeah. made there, and their their grocery stores actually become pretty good. We go to the Warren yeah. Hastings oh, really? down at the marina because they closed the target. They put Target out of business right across the street.
0: Didn't yeah. you ever hear why? It had, and I I would go back and if I had to go to Walmart, I don't think there's anyone here near me. I don't know whatever, but
1: I'm driving no along coming the
0: down.
3: Walmart
0: is. I don't. I have no idea. Hmm. But I was coming down down eighty one, and Catherine calls me. and Goes, we need some water <laughs> softener salt. And I said, okay, I'm, well, I'm right on 81 here, so I'll just pull over. So I go into Walmart, and I walk in, and I'm the only white guy in there, right?
1: That's right next to our Hyundai store. Yeah, right. Right around the corner from right Fleet around Farm. The, yes,
0: yep. exactly, right around the corner from Fleet Farm. So I walk in there. I'm the only honky in there, and I walk up to this woman, and I said, uh, could you tell me what the water softener salt is? And she said, and I quote, why don't you go shop at Target with all the other white people? She's like, holy yeah. God. And I just started laughing. And she looked at me like, what are you laughing at?
1: I was like, God, really? <laughs> that that's, is a little harsh. That's I harsh, if yeah. Sam I Walton know. knows about that.
0: He's up in heaven or hell or whether wherever he is, is he still driving a
2: fifty six? I think he drives uh, some
1: old shit pile. Like he that. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he did forever richest retailer drives a ten dollar truck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he
2: does. That's it's how the rich true. stay rich. Yeah, then. a lot of if them are you're like them. frugal. Yeah. Is then yeah. yeah. So
1: a, a guy, he's a famous car guy. He's, uh, Pat, he's no longer with us. Don Sears, who owns Sears Imports. He, when you, and this guy in addition to all the car dealerships, he owned farms all over the Midwest. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he would buy, He's a nice guy. He, he would buy family farms and with the agreement that the parents could stay there as long as they wanted to, and then really? when they're ready to go, that he would take over. Uh-huh. Love so everybody, uh-huh. just a lovely guy. He would drive around in like a 79 Impala, and he had a $10 hat on and a raincoat from Sears. It's like,
2: Love <laughs> love spend it. some
1: of it. Anyway, John, I got a couple questions for you. Um, so part of what <clears throat> Put you on this path was really public speaking. It sounds like. Did you know you were good at public speaking before? No. The bomb.
2: No. Isn't I, it crazy. It is crazy, and I, th- I think part of it when I would be telling my story when I got back, and I was on medication. You know, I was still a patient <laughs> at the hospital, so then you don't have a fear. And I, not that I've ever been afraid of getting up in front of people Which and, and talking. To stuff. Some people and others right. of it's us. True, it's yeah. like. Come on! In. Right, let her rip. We have yes. had some
3: people on the show. They're like, "Yeah, they're these powerful people," and they come on the show. They're like, uh, "Yes." Yeah,
1: I bring and, people uh, in sometimes, and they're just terrified of yeah. you know who. The yeah. most
3: confident well, I start person, with you I know. son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tom Ryan, the guy uh, with his, Paul's great cousin, who come, he's a great storyteller. Great the guy. book collector. He was so nervous. It really and does make some people. It's just, just a fabulous salesperson. Yeah. So you never had that, but you just right. got up and. Well, natural i mean
0: i did it for i don't do it anymore but when people come in i go you better be good damn it (laughs) yeah i don't do
2: that anymore though (laughs) polishing your
1: shotgun (laughs) that would be pretty (laughs) funny don't look at me (laughs) don't (laughs) don't look at me don't
2: look at me (laughs) yeah it was it's weird and that's why like looking at my life now i can't i can't believe it if you had said if you told me before i went to iraq you're going to lose your legs you're possibly going to die you're, all of this is going to happen, but you're still you're going to end up at the very end of it with a better life than you had before. I mean, yeah. like you're, you, you're yeah, nuts. Yeah, that's great. It's it's crazy how it works. Attitude's a lot a lot of it. And I think yeah. had I not been, I'd have a different outlook. Had I not been awake after the bomb went off when I was laying there, I was convinced I was going to die. <sighs> so the fact that I survived when I woke up at Walter Reed eight days later. I was just thrilled to be alive. I saw that right. my legs were gone. I had other injuries. I knew I had a huge recovery ahead of I me and a lot of work to do, but I was so happy to be alive. Where if I had been knocked out right when the bomb went off, then and I woke up, my legs were gone. I didn't, yeah. I might have been a little more jaded. Well, I don't yeah. know what
3: the statistics are, but losing two limbs in the field, the mortality has to be pretty high. So, yeah, can, I think the, it is. The fact that you did survive is, yeah, you're one of the few. So I, I got he,
2: very lucky. I,
1: on a personal note, I used uh, your story uh, a couple of years ago. My son, who was in 11th grade at the time and the worst high school student in the history of the state, other than his dad, um, he's bombing out of everything. His mom is, like, throwing him out of the house. He's living with me. He's not doing very well. And he goes, you know, Dad, I got a buddy of mine who's in the in the guard and you know i kind of want to talk and see what that's all about so i said all right so we went over to the recruiting center and the recruiter was great mm-hmm. i expected the used car salesman, yep. the hard clothes like you hear about this guy was you know he's 25 he goes turn my life around it was terrible and it's not for everybody yep. and kind of explained the whole deal
3: i could never do it and Wes was kind much. of
1: back and forth and i said just so you know um it's it's a great opportunity. It might be really good for where you're at in your life, but to think that this is not, can't be dangerous is stupid. I know yeah. this guy and he was deployed probably just like you when he was in early 20s and damn near killed him. Mm-hmm. And you know, his life's turned around. And you know, he kind of, I wasn't trying to talk him out of it. I just wanted to let him know that, okay, this isn't, this yeah. is like the grown up world. This isn't 11th grade anymore. Right. And he decided for whatever reason not to do it. His son, his uh, buddy's still in the, in the guard kind of a meathead, which made me laugh, you know, when, they call, when the governor called out the National Guard for the Lake Street riots. I'm like, I know that kid. I wouldn't trust him with a, with a splat
2: ball. <laughs> well, that's but that's, nice. that's probably the, the vibe I gave off, too, just because yeah. I'm a goofball and stuff. But when there's – that's a good thing about the military. You've got so many people from all different walks of life. Yeah. And then when there's a job to be done, it gets done. Flawlessly because you all, everybody works together. Doesn't matter the challenges, you work together to get through it. That look, they got the whole riot situation under control immediately. I mean, they got down there and handled it. I'm not an
1: army guy, but I remember when Waltz, who was in the guard for what, 25 years or something like that, he first called up 500 guys and, like, I don't think that's going to
2: be enough. The whole South Minneapolis is. I don't think he had a firm grasp on on exactly Mm. what. uh, what, what was require? one guy in every Probably block not.
1: that's not going to work no. and then as soon as they called up everybody which was what 1000 or 1500 it was pretty much
2: right well it, we so the, the state's got 10 plus 1000 national guard between air national guard army national guard once they were all on their way then i think
1: who are the biggest pussies the air national guard oh, that's i
2: nice. can i can't that's say that nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: that'll work, <laughs> or as we call them, the chair national guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly.
2: Wow, we all give each other shit, obviously. Well, in different that's a, jobs. military oh. thing. But that's uh, that's why I picked infantry. I wanted to be boots on the ground, kicking doors in. That's mm. no, the, the door kicking days are behind <laughs> yeah. you now. But yeah,
0: not necessarily. Well, you can knock politely. <laughs>
2: Hello, yeah, who is it? It works. Right. I remember
0: my brother got back from Vietnam. He was in the United States Marine Corps in Vietnam. And there was a movie, John Wayne movie called, I think it was just called The Green Beret. It was about the Green Beret. And we left the movie. My brother turns to me and goes, they're not bad. They're not U.S. Marines, but they're not bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how it is, you know. That's just how it is. They're not Marines, but they're okay. (laughs) They do a good job. Yeah. Green Beret does a good job. It's funny, that.
3: Few people I know in the military are all very, very different. So, I mean, we got your brother. Mm-hmm. We got my grandpa. You know, we got you. We got Brittany. You know, how much, very more, how much more disparate yeah, very personalities people, yeah. can you get in that group of four people? But... You know, they've all got one thing in common. I don't know that I'd want to fight
0: Brittany. I'm just telling well, you. No, she I don't think so. Over but... in Kuwait and Iraq mm-hmm. and all that. I don't she think was a, uh, She COVID was an army time. medic.
2: Okay. She was yeah, she deployed was. overseas. God yeah. bless her. Well, that yeah, is a that's uh, wonderful person. That is an awful job. It oh, is I a mean, God, is, yeah. They, uh, I
3: don't know if she ever had to do a field amputation, but I, yeah that's one thing she I... betted
2: a dog a couple times
0: that's the <laughs> hardest I guess, thing she had to do apparently over there. a dog wouldn't leave her alone it just kept following
2: her wherever she went well and those unfortunately those ones usually you gotta put you got to put down that's because they're, they're they'll be giving away your position yeah. if right nights Ooh, we'd be going God. to do a raid in the middle of the night oh, and I I'd, I'd hold up the and my buddy tim my squad leader would be like all right you got the back make sure everyone's staying in front of you or whatnot mm-hmm. well then I have this dog growling at me trying to nip at nip God at my ankle so i mean i could have lost my feet from that dog who knows yeah <laughs> but uh exactly but then yeah we gotta you gotta hit the you gotta get them out of there and i love animals but mm-hmm. in that it's like the, this dog could get me killed because no it's doubt. barking and yipping and mm. we gotta take a call break. online line
1: two from the ASPCA. Man, <laughs> and we'll be right back after this short break
0: tom here for saber plumbing heating and air conditioning right now saber and bryant are teaming up to offer zero percent financing for 36 months Dun, dun, dun,
3: dun, dun, dun. We officer are dave back. says to stop throwing them under the bus doug
1: okay thanks officer <laughs> <I don't think laughs> throwing,
3: was. throwing cops under the bus i don't know i
1: think maybe he was in the air national, the national
3: guard. guard thing i don't
0: know john this is a guy who's about uh six four six five probably weighs about 275 and there's zero fat involved <laughs> on oh, this guy's shoulders are this wide great guy God, okay he's a cop
1: I forgot to do this, the tradition it, on car selling it, 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 secrets. You reminded me. Thank no, Andy you. did. Andy yeah. reminded me. I knew I was getting schooled by somebody. John, tell <laughs> us about the very first car you ever owned. And if it's a terrible story, just make up something cool. That's All what right. most guests do.
2: 1984 Chevrolet S10 Blazer Tahoe package.
1: It's a nice car. It
2: was, yeah, yeah. And it was, my dad gave it to me. It was already paid off. And I got my license in like 96, 97. Okay. I forget. Right on my birthday. Loved it. And I was one of the first of my friends to get my license. So we would pack in. We'd somehow fit. I think we had 13 people in there one time. We had them just piled now, up. Was it a
1: two-door S10?
2: Two-door. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and just, and it would go, I took it off of jumps a couple times, I bent the running boards up, just stupid shit. I beat the piss out of that truck. apparently, And it's still, I mean, that thing. That was a tank. I mean, if I had been riding in that thing in Iraq, I fine. bet I, my legs would still <laughs> well, would you, be. A tank? Yeah. You wouldn't be here today. Yeah, right. Wow, it's yeah, amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting when you, you ask people those stories because they're all the first car is always really special. Mm-hmm. And It's normally kind of a shit pile. Some mm-hmm. people. The, we really were doing negative. this when Catherine and. Uh, Alex were in here, and of course Alex, you know, we're all, yeah, my first car was terrible, I had to put oil in it every five minutes, and Alex goes, I think my first car was the Jaguar. <laughs> like, <"Can't>
0: <laughs> no big deal. Daddy spoiling the kids. Wow. Andy, what was your first car?
1: Uh,
3: I think the Durango. Oh, I think it was the nice. Durango, yeah. Yeah, the Durango.
1: So yeah,
0: Alex had a hell of a run, didn't he?
1: <laughs> you hmm. were in the house for two years? Yeah, one so term. So one term, and then you bailed Why? And how come you're not going back in? Tom's going uh, to come off the top row right. sure. Off oh, the top so, row,
2: baby. Uh, so at that time, too, it, my first marriage, this my stepsons had wanted me to spend more time at home. If you want to be a good state rep, you have to live at the Capitol. And I don't like yeah, to half-ass anything. Yeah, that yeah. was during we when I was elected. We had a five point seven billion dollar budget deficit. Tough uh, we times. We had it, real tough times. Um, we viking stadium that was the whole same-sex marriage battle all of that was during my one term so i felt like it was a, a busy enough two years that i i was fine okay. but i just decided yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be done and, be and open up yep yep and that was that was the right decision yeah
0: you and mike lindell governor lieutenant governor now we're talking
2: yes well, jack, see, i don't know
0: jack <laughs> brewer in there running a running the show you guys would be amazing.
2: I think if if I did decide to run, I think I would what I would like to do would pick pick a liberal democrat or even I would say a moderate democrat because I'm a moderate republican, a moderate democrat as the lieutenant governor. Why don't they do that anyway? I have no idea. That's it, a
0: great idea. And
2: uh, I'll tell you why it doesn't happen more often here or I think ever, I don't know yeah. if it's ever been done here. Minnesota has such a the endorsing conventions always were right. the biggest. I think the biggest problem with the state and the reason Republicans didn't statewide do well is because who goes to these conventions are the the furthest to the right. right. just like on the, on the other problem side. Problem with the indirect yeah. election, which
1: is what we really have. Right, yep. you know, it's the. Primary voting, which is a very small part of the population, yep. it's usually the bomb throwers on both
2: sides of the aisle. But right? the but the primary, you're Sorry more about likely the bomb thrower thing. <laughs> oh, I'm not a bomb. Yeah, afraid of well, it. yeah, I yeah, didn't know I it on purpose. You know, I was in a bomb. Unbelievable. You're canceled now. You're no It Yeah. It's one of those where the primary would attract a more moderate voter than the people that take a day off of work and go to the convention. Those are the real passionate ones. Mm -hmm. And I'm never going to be conservative enough for those people. No. no, Those are the ones that they will say, I know that this guy has no chance of winning, but I agree with him 100%. Whereas if you agree with someone 70%, that's pretty damn good. And if they have a good chance at getting elected, that's the candidate you need. Electability is so important, and so that I always said if I run for a statewide uh, office, right to I'd skip the convention and go right to the primary. Yeah, Love that's it.
1: that's interesting. You know, Jimmy Francis, is the mayor of South St. Paul, was kind of complaining about the whole uh, <coughs> convention thing for mm-hmm. some of those very reasons. I, uh, I I read something recently, and I thought it was you know, and it's people are either. For the president or dead against him. Uh, same thing with Biden. And this guy said, "Look, it's the president you're voting for. This isn't a marriage. It's like public transportation. Yeah, Pick right. the bus that gets you closer to where you want to go, Absolutely. and then mm-hmm. shut up.
0: Yep. You right. just crease Francis. There you go.
1: There you go. Um,
0: there's a ticket.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I that's love the hot that ticket. ticket. He'd never. They're, they're both too highly verbal, though."
0: Well, they are both they, there. I mean, nobody would <laughs> ever shout up. And, and he's worse.
1: I mean, with Jimmy, oh, you'd never yeah. get a word in. He'd That's be true. governor silent.
0: But John would make him do most of his speeches as, uh, as Carl, the old, Frank. Does Carl Frank. Yeah. With, yeah.
3: Hey, Tom, how are you? <laughs> it's phenomenal. I Jimmy Frank's is a very talented guy. that I recently took a an American, like, you know, how American politics works kind of course. And, well, it's my not my first course, but it's the first time I paid attention. Oh, and, okay, great. Um, I will say that that whole, uh, the conventions and the, like, the multiple different kinds of primaries and everything, that's the one thing I really, I just never understood. I read it all and it just, it didn't make sense because there's so many different kinds of ways that people get into running and some of them are, you know, secret and some of them aren't secret, some of them are open, it's... It's all very convoluted and weird. I was yeah. listening
1: to an interview two days ago. It was Vin Weber, mm-hmm. and then I don't remember uh. the guy's name, but it was Obama's campaign director, and they were they were both on the same page about the the national conventions are a complete waste of time they because are, everybody yeah. has to get up there and. You know, hammer the platform together, and it's all the radicals, and that's never what winds up. It's a, right? They, they sprint. To they that, shouldn't even have them.
2: They sprint to the fringes. Yeah. T- then they get the endorsement yeah. they get the party's nomination, and then both candidates sprint to the middle. Yeah. yeah. Because that's where the majority of voters are. Yeah, they and never actually and get there. Minnesota, if we could end up with an earlier primary, a June primary rather than August, that would mm. that would be a big help. Because think about if you've got a real greasy battle a greasy primary you win that in august now you got to get back online for for the yep. general and you've already been att- you've been attacking your own political party they've been attacking mm-hmm. it's never a, a great thing where at least then june july august september october you've got a chance to get the campaign up and running for the right, general
1: because most state prime are much earlier right I believe the spring so, yes. early summer for yep. most of them so, well, they just had the Alabama one Tuesday. Okay. Um, Isn't Jimmy Francis a Democrat? I think he is. That'd be I don't a perfect combo, actual, I man. I don't think he is an actual Democrat. I think he's just in the Democratic Party, if that makes sense. We
2: need we need more of that. Because, so when, I could agree was, more. When I was elected, I sat there, I watched Fox News at, at home before, before I was elected, and I'd sit there and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, I agree. I'd basically, as we all should, we vote based on what's best for our family, our own situation. Right, right. Then I was elected and it was kind of a holy shit. Now... I represent 40,000 people, whether they voted for my opponent or they voted for me or they mm-hmm. didn't vote. Right. And I learned so much from the other side. There's so many great people that we disagree with politically that now in 2020 we go, that person's an asshole, I can't even talk to them because we're in different political parties. I know. It's, ridiculous. it's ridiculous. ridiculous. We're the same people. We have we might have a couple different views but agree on the rest of the stuff, and that's what makes us different parties. But I learned so much how to the phrase was how do you disagree without being disagreeable we can we can debate ideas without being assholes that's not against the law but in 2020 it feels like it is so that i that made me a better person yeah a better leader and and kind of changed the rest of my life because now i look at stuff from both sides and go I may not agree with that, but I can understand where they're coming from. That's a big difference. See, that's it. I I like to
1: think that Minnesota politics isn't nearly as bad as the national political scene.
2: No, and, and, you know, we'll we'll have our, you have your caucus meetings before you go out on the House floor, so you have a bloodbath behind closed doors, and then you have a united front out when the cameras are on. Um, But you go out there, and you'll have a bloodbath with the other side, and they'll, I'd be sitting there, and it would be a, Absolutely, kind of a mindless yes vote or a no vote. Like we're already on board with it. We've got right, and the other side is sitting there going, "They know rep in Representative Creasel's district, there's 36 percent of people are falling to this group, and so he's going to vote against this." And the, and it gets your attention. You're like, "Oh my god!" They they study all that stuff, and you know not to take that <coughs> personal. They're lobbing a bomb over there to be like, "Right, I got you." Going. You're voting against what your district you know, but they've twist right. every but it's fun. The chess part of the chess game part of it I absolutely loved. Well, so go back in. I might. No. I might. We'll see. My Come current on, you wife is now. We'll see. I'm uh <laughs>
0: I, well, I, I can announce my part because when he gets elected, I'm going to be appointed the captain of the death squad. Yes. Oh, so I want to go around everybody and go, I'm going to tell you one time, you're going to follow the rules. Don't make me come back here. That's going to be my job. It's going to be great. If I have
2: to come back here, it's not going to be it pretty. It ain't going to be pretty. I'm just telling
0: you flat out. Around <laughs> and threaten everybody in the state. Yeah. I love the idea of you running for governor with a moderate Democrat. I think it's
2: a brilliant – that's where we need – or that, or we need a third party. Mm-hmm. with the And won- that will never take off no. the thing, the, yeah. because of money. Yeah, nope. We've right. tried. If it was ever going to happen, right. it would have happened after Jesse won. Right, right. Yeah. But he – that poor bastard. Um, I probably would disagree with him on the weather, but he – he sat there getting it from both sides. He did. I mean, He did, yeah. And he just sat there. I mean, that Jesse Ventura is one of the only things that has united Republicans and Democrats in this state, besides yeah. the Vikings. I get
1: But I uh, teach Tom about this all the time. I blame him for the current state of affairs because, first, he helps Jesse get elected. Mm-hmm. And everybody's laughing at Minnesota. Four years later, California goes, watch this, and we get Arnold Schwartz. you get Arnold you know, Schwartz. Wait a second. So we that was got my some, fault,
2: too. We got,
1: uh, that guy from Saturday Night Live, let's make him a senator. Al we'll Franken. You're and the, the start of the butterfly perfect. effect, AJ. Right, it's, it it's my a fault. It's total insanity.
0: I still can't believe Franken hasn't called me. I defended him and that woman when they accused him and, and, and said he, he there's no way he should have been
3: kicked out of office. He,
0: Never. I, heard I from agree,
1: he shouldn't have stepped down. I mean, it, it, because the unintended consequence of that is it gave fuel to the fire. Yep. Oh, yeah, but
3: it's an admission of guilt, basically. Yeah.
0: Yep. So basically, now I'm glad that he got kicked out. He, <laughs> he hasn't bothered to call and thank <laughs> he me. So him. Him. <laughs> I,
1: I know he listens to this podcast all the time. So I
0: would it. do it every. If Pell, somebody did that for me, there. I'd call him and go, man, I know we don't get along, but, uh, you know. Uh, thank you. That's even more of a reason to thank
2: them. Absolutely, you go, Listen, I wouldn't have expected you to have my back. So I had thank a great you.
0: conversation with Garrison Keeler about three months, four months ago. It was a great conversation. I had a really nice time talking to
1: him. Did I did you know, run into Garrison Keeler? I know it wasn't Burger King.
0: Once again, I defended him when that happened to I, him. I, I know you did. And yeah, then, I but curious. he actually called me. Huh? Yeah. Now he's Garrison's actually a very nice guy, very smart guy. Oh yeah. So. All right, get it done, pal. I don't want to hear any excuses. <laughs> We're done. We're doing it. I'll be the death squad. <laughs> so get he, Jimmy he, Francis to be the uh, lieutenant governor. God, we gotta. I tried to talk Palenzi into doing that, you know, too. Yeah. When he was, I said, I want to be the death squad head guy, and then you need to get a Democrat as your
1: running mate. I don't I was know so if that's going to that play well to the entire constituency. Okay, I'd like to be the governor, and I get a death squad guy.
2: <laughs> I was so pissed that he didn't win the the party nomination. Oh, Palenzi. He the last is time around? such a great human being. He's a great guy. Just he a, does great, a lot of work. He was when I was at Walter Reed. One of the first calls I got. He called me. I yep. was in the hospital, and he had asked, how are you doing? Is there anything you need from us in Minnesota? And I, <laughs> and if you you're right? not getting the care you need at Walter Reed, you let me know. I will fix it. And God, I was wonderful. like, awesome. Then he called a couple days later just to shoot the shit. And then he called again, and we became friends over it. He did the foreword to my book. Mm-hmm. Oh, he said he's that. turned down a ton of forwards. He's like, but yours, I had to do. And he just... What a caring guy! He had told me when I was in the he hospital. Is, he yeah. said the Republican conventions coming here in 2008. He said you will be a guest in my suite. I said okay. I forgot about it. I saw him up at the governor's fishing opener um, that spring, and he was like, "Oh, by the way, we gotta we gotta get you get your passes and whatnot." Mm-hmm. And uh, and then from just such a good guy, he was a good leader. The last Republican to win a statewide. Yeah. And that's 2006. It's been 14 years since a statewide Republican. Is that right? And I don't think that speaks to to Minnesota. That speaks to the candidates that have been put up there.
0: I didn't even know that. Who is it, Jeff Johnson? Yeah. I don't even know him. I don't even know him. County
2: Commissioner in in Hennepin County. Is he a decent guy? He's a good guy, and he's got good views. But the thing is, you just, not a a statewide recognition. Right. And in Minnesota, a Johnson or an Anderson. Yeah, you would
0: think. Yeah. Johnson did do really well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. is he the good one or the bad one? I can't remember. Right. <laughs> Look at this. Yeah, I really five thought that McCain old, but... was going to
1: pick Pulani for a VP. I did too, yep. and I probably would have voted for him. And I, I well, wow,
0: but, a but a I, he actually called me. McCain called me. and said, eh, "Sarah's got bigger ones." So oh,
2: jeez. Nah. Be... Yeah, that was. <laughs> I got to meet her too. I got to welcome them. She's off the a plane. piece
0: of work, man.
2: Yeah. She's she's a, a little out there, but she's out there. She's fetching. A little out there. Oh yeah, she's very kind.
0: Pretty. She's a very very attractive woman. You know who else was was? Uh, uh, what the hell was his name? The vice president uh, George H W Bush. What the hell was his name again?
2: Quail? Was Quail, it oh, yeah, Dan yeah, Quail. Quail. His
0: wife, God, she was smarter than Helen. Very pretty woman, she was. Didn't take a picture well. I thought she looked like Skeletor. Right, <laughs> course, I was a little thin on <laughs> camera.
1: Yeah, but right?
0: she walked into the room and was like, damn. She's very pretty, very pretty woman. All right,
1: look at this. We went way
2: over, but how
1: could we not? How could we not? You got it anytime. I appreciate you guys. I don't want to hear any excuses.
2: Okay. But in the meantime, people should book me to speak at their motivational events. Absolutely. How do they do that? JohnMCreasel.com is where you can get my information, see video clips, get information on my book. Otherwise, find me on Twitter at Creasel. Uh, I'm on the other ones too, the LinkedIn, the Instagram, all the all the cute stuff. Not on Snapchat though, because I'm tired of seeing but, nudes. Yeah, you're tired of seeing. Once nudes? I got with this new my new wife, I deleted Snapchat. <laughs> okay, oh, because well, there that was just.
1: See, don't say my new wife. Use this one. I use it all the time. My final wife. <laughs> well, your final correct.
2: wife. Your final my, wife. My. F- Faithful wife. There you yes, go. She's awesome. Oh, my God. Boy,
1: look at this. <laughs> Shot fired. <laughs> Officer down. we'll be back next week I with more fun with love the car selling too, secrets man. from Walzer Automotive Group. Over and out.